0: The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Crime is inevitable in larger urban areas, or is it really? Can we design our cities and towns with crime reduction in mind? Well, I'm joined now by Crime Prevention Officer for Wicklow, Sergeant John Fitzpatrick. John, good morning. Good morning, Pat. Now, this idea of designing towns and cities in a way that will probably not eliminate crime, but certainly uh, reduce its incidence. Tell me, what can we do? What should we do?
1: Sure. Well, what we can, what, what we should do, is I suppose, at a very early stage, look at how we're designing our cities and towns and, and how we're planning for things, and, and we can we can plan in such a way to design out crime. And what I really mean by that is, what we try to do is look at the environment and how it affects people's behaviour, and in some way change the environment or alter the environment uh, to try and alter people's behavior in, in that way and mm-hmm. this is an idea that actually it's been around for a number number of years like since, since the 60s uh, there was a famous uh, book written by a journalist Jane Jacobs and uh, she kind of started to come up with this idea and where she was uh, it was called the death and life of great american cities and she kind of had two key theories and one's that were people had eyes on the street and there was a lot of activity and movement and a use of the street well then you were going to have a reduction in crime yes. and so as a so that's what you're looking to do is bring about the movement of people, legitimate activity into an area and that then will correspondingly reduce crime in yeah. that area. Now,
0: if if you go to the great European cities, you'll see that a lot of their high-rise developments and they've you know gone higher sooner than uh, we have done in in this country. Uh, one of the characteristics is that the uh, apartment blocks are generally built around a square and in that square, uh, there's maybe some parking for cars. There's also a playground, a park, Uh, which can be viewed from every single apartment in the complex. All of them have a view over the playground. All of them have a view over the park.
1: Yeah that that's right and that's actually a, a good design because that's what to increase in what we call the natural surveillance so uh people can see what's going on there's a clear view and indeed they have a sense of ownership over that that area it, you know it, it's linked to their property and they have a sense of maintaining it uh, looking after it and you know people can see what's happening so th- there's no hiding space for criminals to to lurk, or there's no, if there's antisocial behaviour of some type, then people are going to be aware and they're going to call the, the correct people to do mm-hmm. that type of thing. So that's always a, a, a good positive design where you have go, what we call good notches of
0: uh, yep. surveillance. And, and that sense of ownership you talk about of that park square, even though it's a municipal uh, park square, because it's our park square, we mind it and we are conscious of vandalism and so on in our park square. Whereas many of the developments we're doing now, don't have any kind of real recreational spaces attached to them. So uh, teenagers who might uh, have itchy feet will go off marauding somewhere else where they have no sense of belonging, no sense of ownership and free, feel free to vandalise.
1: Yeah, and you're right. And that, that can be an issue. and that uh, So that is the trick where you want to, I suppose, uh, get people to invest where they have this sense of a psychological ownership of somewhere. So, for example, if they are going through a, a green area in their community or in their area or a piece of parkland or whatever, and they see litter, that they feel invested that they will remove the litter because it, they, have, they have this sense of psychological ownership. And if you don't have that connection to this place and a place is not well-meant, well, then people feel that uh, there isn't anybody looking out, there is no sense of ownership, and they feel that they can engage in whatever activity they want to engage in and that nobody's going
0: yeah. to mind. Because you see in tidy town situations that people who feel proud of their town will pick up that litter and, you know, dropped by some passing motorist or whatever, they will make an effort. Now, I'm a great fan of crime dramas from the United States and elsewhere. And almost inevitably, the murder, the stabbing, the assault happens under cover of darkness. (laughs)
1: it it does uh, absolutely uh, you know and again that kind of goes back to what we're talking about about visibility and surveillance and um you know, and the good thing about introducing lighting into an area, or that good lighting, is that it introduces a feeling of safety for the community. So, it introduces people are more likely to engage in legitimate activities. They're going to go about their normal business if there's good lighting. They can see what's going around, they can see what's ahead of them, and there's no recess, dark, to darkened corners, or no darkened underpasses and that type of thing. Because those those darkened recess areas, as you've alluded to there, Pat, that there, I suppose, are crime attractors or crime generators and there is obviously more opportunity to work under the cover of darkness to engage in your nefarious activities without fear of being seen uh, you know there's no one going to see you uh, and you can do what you want so absolutely lighting and appropriate lighting i suppose we have to be mindful nowadays of light pollution but appropriate lighting does actually help uh, people feel safer it helps them uh, you know go about their business and it does deter criminals from engaging in their activity
0: now there are some things i never heard. Uh, Thought of, but for example, if you've got uh, a laneway behind two buildings, between two buildings, that gating that laneway actually stops crime happening in that laneway.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, as a general rule, you, you know, you sh- you shouldn't you shouldn't have laneways in, in the rear of houses. And uh, what the move now in this crime prevention through environment design is is to gate those laneways and prevent access into them, and that does reduce crime because it reduces the the it, what we call the, the permeability for criminals to move in and out of places. And again, they can move in and out of estates or parts of a town without being seen. But uh, there's also been more positive ways through where some of the communities have developed them up where they've turned them into gardens and they've covered them with potted plants and that type of thing and again they've reestablished their sense of ownership over those laneways, where there is now people sitting out and using them and there is no place to hide in them as such so there are different ways of approaching it as well you know
0: now in terms of street furniture um, <laughs> you know I might see a, a litter bin uh, a criminal might see a ladder
1: yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And again, I suppose a lot of things about crime prevention uh, and crime prevention and environmental design is, is it's it's kind of simple stuff. You know, there's, there's no rocket science involved. But absolutely, if you think about where you store your own uh, bins for your own rubbish collection, uh, you know, they could very easily, if they're stored beside your they get, gave of your house or stored somewhere outside your house, are they a ladder? Is, is it going to give access to somebody to climb up onto your roof and into one of the open windows in your house? So there are general things to think about. And again, the placement of street furniture uh, in a city or in a town, again, it can provide access to the upper levels of buildings and that. So there are things that this should be thought about and dealt with if there are a problem,
0: you know. Now, one of the, the things that we like to make in a nice amenity for uh, people living or visiting the cities and towns, and you've got the boardwalk on the Liffey. Now, lovely idea. And then it turns out to be a place where people peddle drugs.
1: Yeah that that is a difficult one and as you say it it, it is a lovely idea and when you think about it um what we need to do there is increase the amount of legitimate, legitimate activity there on that where the people can go and, and enjoy it and perhaps run, be, you know, run maybe more events and that type of thing where you're going to attract people to it. But also we, we need what's called uh, capable guardians. Now capable guardians would be on our own uh, ourselves, obviously on Garda corner, but other people that might have a vested interest in maintaining the uh, legitimate use of the boardwalk. So that could be security personnel, people who were trading on the roads and, and the more you can uh, get of that type of activity on an area like the Bordeaux well, then again that's going to uh, decrease the opportunity for those type of crimes uh, to do.
0: Now other, other things you know you have a crowded city whether it's uh, Paris or Venice, New York or Dublin and uh, the pavements are not very wide, you have loads of people crowding the pavements at different times, the opportunity of knocking up against somebody or indeed pickpocketing because of Proximity, the likelihood of people who you're looking at, what are you doing, you push me, that sort of activity, which can lead to criminal behaviour, um, you know, more space might help.
1: Yeah, absolutely. More, more more space would help. And I suppose, uh, as a general rule, like all public footpaths and cycleways, they should be well overlooked by the neighbouring properties, as we kind of talked about at the start. But again, they should be straight and wide, and there should be good visibility along the route so people can see where they're going. They can see if there's crowds ahead of them, they can move. And ideally, again, we, we want to reduce uh, recesses and gaps between buildings or on, on that pedestrian area as much as possible, uh, again, to reduce reduce uh, reduce that opportunity for people to lurk or whatever or, or pick targets yeah but absolutely and again it's an ideal situation because in cities like dublin and other european cities they've been around for hundreds of years and you know it, whereas i said the idea of designing out crime is a relatively new idea that has. 30 or 40 years. Or so, But we can go back retrospectively, but it is obviously more difficult to, to design a crime. It's always better to design it out at, from the get-go if possible.
0: And, and things like um, the street furniture, public seating and so on, uh, can you design that in such a way that it doesn't encourage congregation?
1: You can, yeah, absolutely uh, you can design it so it doesn't encourage congregation. And, and it depends what you mean by c- c- congregation because obviously you want a good congregation where you want legitimate use of, of say, street furniture so so people can have a rest, ha- sit down, have a chat, have a sandwich or whatever it is. But what you want to ensure is that um, there is some type of... Um, th- there's, there's some type of surveillance good lighting as we've admitted to there's people are keeping an eye on what's going on and that it's not in a, a seating that's surrounded by say for example bushes which are overgrown they're not maintained and nobody can actually see what's occurring behind the bushes or maybe it's, it's a darkened
0: area at night and it's not an attractive place to sit or use and that's when it becomes a problem. Okay so we need our architects our city planners to be cognizant of all of this kind of stuff everything that looks lovely on the drawings they've got to think Uh, how it's going to work in practice.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So they need to think just about, uh, and in fairness to the planners and architects, they're not coming from it, I suppose, through a crime prevention, uh, they're not coming with crime prevention lenses. Where ourselves in Angarda-Shircona and particularly the crime prevention officers. That's a service we can offer where we can look at an area and g- give advice. We can carry out what's called an environmental visual audit audit and give advice in relation to crime prevention through environmental design. And, and sometimes, Pat, it can be very, very small, small differences that, that can make a difference by just... You know, setting rules, one of the big rules setting is having good signage, that type of thing, maybe having a different type of services between private properties and the public pathway, that type of thing. So it can be very small things that can make significant differences.
0: Sergeant John Fitzpatrick, Crime Prevention Officer for Wicklow, thank you very much for joining us. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk.